Arr, grog. Cool. Well, uh, I guess we ought to talk about the archers. Yeah. Uh, well, is that a good enough? Is that a good enough intro? <laughs> <laughs> All of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just bleep out anything that's like we can be sued for. Uh, so everything then, Matthew. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before we get to cocky, Matthew, um, Kerry and I were having a little chat during the week and uh, about Ardil Shah going through the uh, the various employee files. And what do you think he would make of your habit of working naked? And actually, to that point, can you tell us what the clothing situation is? Are you oiled up? I'm not oiled up. I've got a pair of kind of like very um, comfortable uh, grey, like tracky shorts on. Um, it's absolutely boiling here today. It's a roaster as well. I sent you guys a photo of the street temperature as I was making my way home. Mm. So, Kerry, can you detect any shame in his voice? No, and I'm now issuing you with a final written warning. Yeah, I was going to say, this will not merit a bonus payment, will it? No. No, no. Um, he, despite the despite the roaring success of our advertisement place, placements, um, Matthew, <laughs> you're getting nothing extra for this episode. I did, I did get some DM slides about the calendar, but, you know, you know who you are who, who messaged <laughs> me about that. Yeah, well, there were some blatant requests for it on Twitter as well. Oh, and on open Twitter as well. Mm. I don't want – I'm not a jealous type, but I have to admit that the, the level of thirst for Matthew <laughs> compared to, to the complete absence of, for, my, for me is, you know, a little bit of a dent to my ego. I mean, he's not that much better looking. I don't think people have seen you, though, Peter, enough. You need to get your face and bod out there. You were teasing that you were going to expose your ankle a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be beautiful at Matthew again. The, the reason it's got to happen is my little brother and I, we're going to, ready for middle-class voice, we're all going on a holiday to Centre Parks in about a month and a half. So I'm going to be in a swimming pool with my decade and a bit younger brother who works out every single day. He's got his own gym in the garage. And so I need to cleave some fat off so I can so I don't want to kill myself standing next to him. Oh, just have some fun. Is crying in front of your children fun, Kerry? Because that's what's going to happen in the moment. Is he happy? You know. He is. He's a really nice guy as well. Oh. Bright, funny. <laughs> Unlike Roy. I was going to say, if the gym equipment is still there, unless the people have already come to take it away. Very nice segue, Matthew. There's two segues there that we both attempted. <laughs> uh, and Shane, both of them are wasted because we're going to go on an advert break. Uh, so see you in a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, um, hello, everyone. I was just fretting about the absolute shitness of that segue, and Kerry has just come up with the new uh, kind of motto for the podcast. What is it, Kerry? Don't overthink. Okay, so <laughs> I don't think we've been 
particularly guilty guilty of it in the past, but we promise to never ever fall into that trap. So Matthew, you were um, you were leading us in the direction of Roy, Kathy, and their diligent deconstruction of Grey Gables. Yeah, it's all over, isn't it? Yeah, the lights went out. They were packing everything away in boxes. Adil Shah is the ghost at the feast. Is that the right expression? He's kind of wandering around after. I mean, he's been brought into this situation, into a professional setting with essentially been invited in and he's overseen other people's removal from the company, which is just a little bit, you know, do we know anyone like that? I've worked at a company where um, we actually, we turned up, me and a few friends to several of whom I'm still in touch with after 20 years. And uh, uh, pretty much the day that some of these guys were starting, the boss said, oh, everyone gather around. Yeah, we've been put in administration. And then, um, and then shortly afterwards, some people turned up and it was like, yeah, we might buy you, we might not. But in the meantime, we're going to kind of run the place. And it was very much an Adil Shah situation. And they were super nice, but there was also the kind of knowledge that they were assessing everyone who was going to be cold, who was going to stay. So it was, it was very similar, actually, and quite odd. But Peter, was that a sort of corporation that was big rather than Jim Lloyd? Not Jim Lloyd. What's he called again? Oliver Sterling. I've forgotten who he is. Oliver Sterling's um, 60 Room Hotel. It was a startup done in the original dot com, started by Peter Powell and a bunch of Radio 1 DJs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, so it wasn't huge. I'd say I'd want to say it was 30 to 40 people in total, but it did. It did. People had put a lot of money into it. So I think there was, even if it wasn't a big place, like there was a lot of care behind it, if that made sense. Mm. Did um, did Peter Powell manage to convince everyone to put money in because of his playing of Christ on TV? Oh, that's Robert Powell, isn't it? I would love it if Peter Powell did that. <laughs> that's Robert Powell, sorry. <laughs> he probably thought he should, though. One Christmas, I found a cache of. This is actually, I think, when the company was shutting down, I found all Peter Powell's old, um, like platinum and gold discs. So those were that Christmas. That's what all of my friends and family got. That sounds like a tongue twister. Peter Powell's platinum, <laughs> platinum playlist. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, so my mate Iggy got Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Nice. Oh, hey, Kid Creole's just gone down, hasn't he? Has he? Yeah, he's gone down for like. Um... Is this Either. a joke, Matthew? No, yeah. it's not. It's not. He's uh, he um, something very, very bad, like uh, beating a homeless person to death. No. Yeah. Oh, well, this is jolly listeners, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I should just double check that in case we're going to get sued. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got Peter Powell wrong. It's probably sort of someone called Dick Creole. <laughs> it's not. Who lives in Rotherham or something. <laughs> Um, and he hasn't got any coconuts either. Uh, Kid Creole, whose given name is Nathaniel Glover, was sentenced on Wednesday to 16 years in prison for the stabbing death of John Jolly, according to the Associated Press. Creole, and that was it was a homeless guy who approached him. Dom Jolly is homeless? That guy with the massive phone? He did used to annoy people a lot when he answered it on train carriages. <laughs> that really is deeply unpleasant, which uh, takes us quite nicely to um, Roy, more Roy, listening to Roy... How pathetic was Roy's creepy crawly approach to Adil? Very, yeah. I thought that scene, I think I put something like weird scene klaxon in my notes where he was 
properly enjoying Roy squirming. Adil was, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'm sorry, but didn't you, you? You told me that you didn't want to ever set foot in this building again, Roy. Kerry, having just finished managing a huge team at a big company, do you think that was deeply unprofessional or sort of acceptable in the circumstances? I think it was deeply unprofessional considering the circumstances. I think Adil is a nasty piece of work. Right. People are, you know, Roy was a bit of a dick for kicking off, especially because you need to think about your future opportunities. But in the Mm. heat of the moment, you would be really upset, wouldn't you? I mean, he didn't do anything too bad, I don't think. And if he's the right person for the job, you know, then don't be horrible to him. It's just a question of... Yes, it works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. Is he the best person for the job, though? Of course not. No. He's useless. You know, the other week I said, I don't really know what he's been doing at Grey Gables all these years. He did actually mention some of the stuff he's been doing, which was working out people's overtime. Oh, he carries a torch around. He's been doing that. If anyone needs a torch. Yeah. Interesting that they use the expression, always carry a torch. And he was right next to Kirsty at the same time as he said that. I thought, mm. Very good, Matthew. Didn't notice that. I also thought in terms of the Adil's behaviour, um, I made mm. a note that this is the most gaslit Grey Gables has been since Blake tried to make a piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was much. I mean, do we care? Right, lads, do you care that Grey Gables is empty sounding and nope. they shut the door on it and it's got nothing but ghosts in it? That seemed to me to be the kind of misstep of the whole week. They they. They completely overestimated how much we cared about Kathy, and also their kind of big finale for Grey Gables was incredibly anticlimactic as well. Because, yeah, to, to answer your question, I just I didn't care about either. Nope. Imagine if you just started listening to the Archers in the last couple of years. This would have just sang. I mean, Thursday was just playing the hits via Kathy, wasn't it? And I don't mean ABBA, Man After Midnight, which was playing <laughs> at the disco, wasn't it? Um, even as someone aware of the stories of the floods and et cetera, and the tiger skin onesie. And it's like, I don't care about this. Like I'm not, and I don't want to be that. I don't want to Peter the shit out of this, this week, but I just did not care about that episode Mm. at all. I didn't engage with it. Um, it didn't tug at the heartstrings. I did like that bit where they sit where Kirsty says it's full of ghosts. And I thought like one of them was going to say, yeah, that poltergeist in 47 that smears feces all over the wall. <laughs> a quick, quick side note. Um, listeners, if you think it's fair that my name has now become a verb for basically a kind of a synonym for basic of lack of care and dismissal of, of, you know, the archers, then you know, send us a note. I feel it's a bit unfair, but... <laughs> I turn up, don't I? <laughs> you do, you do. You care enough to be here, don't you? That's yeah, sur- surely more than I enough. Mean, but I'd say it's, I'd say it's almost fanatical, um, all things considered. <laughs> but. but yeah, the two things, the two institutions or whatever is she is, is Kathy even an institution? I mean, she's been in it a long time. I get it. You know, she's been around forty years or something. So fair dues, the actress maybe needs a bit of a send off, but. I think Sarah Mattox on Twitter, she summed it up brilliantly because she said, I'd be more invested in this if Kathy hadn't been silent for the last decade. Well, there's so many gags about that, aren't there? 
I mean, there was Pat said, "Well, you never stop talking about what's been going on at Grey Gables," and there was there was an there was something else mm. in Thursday's episode that was a reference to the fact that okay. she's she's always talking, <laughs> and she's not. Can you guys give me a a, a warning when we're going to talk about Pat? Because I need a run up. <laughs> but you know, she was a silent character. Then she was a honking rabbit. Then she was a feisty chatterbox, and now she's off to Alaska. And that was all within sort of two, three weeks, wasn't it? And now we're supposed to be all aboard with loads of people gathering a memory book together, Mm. which is a great gift to give someone who's about to trek to Alaska, isn't it? A massive bloody book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Jolene, at the end, there was that reconciliation with Jolene after their awkward moment at Elizabeth's party, wasn't there? Mm. She's like, was it you that dug out all those photos, Jolene? She was like, yeah, do you think Kenton would have done it? And then she was like, was it you that wrote slag and drew cocks on my face on everyone as well? <laughs> and on that note, black and white photos, about of, they were of Kathy and Sid, weren't they? Well, colour pho- photography has been widely used since the 70s. And Sid and Polly Perks ran the bull from 72. And then Sid ran it on his own. And then he married Kathy in 87. So why were they into black and white photography for Kathy and Sid? Were they too sort of horrific to look at if they were in colour or something? I do love it when Kerry flicks into Rain Man mode. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, don't wear, never wear Kmart, never wear Kmart. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> but I've said this a thousand times. I don't know. You invest so much in in these scriptwriters' accuracy, and they're always going to let you down, Kerry. They're never going to be. They're never going to get it right. First time I met Kerry, she asked me how old I was, and then she asked me. Um, the day I was born and my date of birth, and she accurately calculated how old Brian Ferry was on the day that I was born. <laughs> it's a load of shit, Matthew, but it's very funny. <laughs> I've got a sh- the shittest memory, honestly. My daughter's quite a rain man woman. For She can remember what she was wearing on certain dates and things like that. Very strange. I'm pretty good at that with dates. Gosh. And, yeah, I can tell people like almost certainly the year going back 30 so odd years when things happened mm-hmm. based on where I was living at the time, who was dating, who the flatmates were. Blimey. Yeah. So, yeah, do you think Kathy Perks deserved a this is your life for going on a holiday? I know she's left the Grey Gables, hasn't she? But As is so often the case, it's not necessarily what they've done. It's as much about how they've done it. They did it for, they overplayed it. It mm. swallowed up, you know, a couple of weeks. We had two big episodes centered around Kathy, like, you know, which, which the thing is, she was always, I mean, I don't, I've nothing against Kathy, but that's kind of the point. Like, she's not a Russ who kind of gets people kind of, you know, foaming at the mouth with anger at what a kind of pompous soddy is. And he, she's not a kind of a, I don't know who's a super nice character, someone like Tracy, who kind of like, you know, you're kind of drawn to, you know, you feel warm to. She was always a bit of a kind of polyfiller character. Oh, if Jim left, it would be, a, oh, my God. Yeah. Which makes it all the more ridiculous then, doesn't it, that we're supposed yeah. to be very upset? I, I don't know. 
they 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 trailed the idea that the Grey Gables um, send off was going to become some kind of like you know massively out of control bacchanal. It was all going to go pear shaped. You mm. know, we all, I think we all thought when a, a deal said to uh, Oliver, "Why don't we put some money behind the bar for them?" It was like, "Oh God, this is going to go wrong." Well, yeah. they could have done something like that. They could have had Freddie doing something wildly inappropriate halfway through. Kathy's send-off so at least mm. Kathy's send-off leads to something fun but it was all so straight and so sincere and it it did feel a bit like um you know the, the a royal variety performance when oh, someone does a fart joke in front of Prince Charles it all just felt a, felt a bit too kind of solemn and and serious and I don't think she deserved that or actually maybe that's the greatest insult she's not a fun enough character or an interesting enough character to build that around her because if it was with eddie for instance you could you would have been like oh yes i do remember that fun thing with eddie and all that does make me feel quite sad i don't know how you can say it was solemn when they laughed their little heads off about the (laughs) hrt cake (laughs) and um eddie thinking he was going to grow breasts joe thought he was going to grow breasts no was it thought joe grundy ate it didn't he oh sorry i (laughs) I wasn't that interested. I do actually remember that being in an episode, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything they mentioned had happened, like had happened in an episode, hadn't it? I did. Um, one thing that kind of bugged me a bit was when Tracy got tear. She was getting very tearful outside, wasn't she? And who was it who came to talk to her? It was Kirsty. You're leading the, up to a gag, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm really not. not. No, just just merely an observation. Well, I'm not just a gag machine. <laughs> As I once said to my dominatrix, um, <laughs> she said that, you know, you know, when there was that back and forth with her and Linda and Linda had to tell mm. her to like act a little bit more refined. She referenced that. And then she said, but then there was this stroppy guest who couldn't get his aircon working. I was like, why didn't you bring that up at the fucking interview? <laughs> when yeah. they asked, when have you ever had to win over a difficult customer? I was like, it's right there. I thought when Tracy said that about the aircon customer, and was trying to make it all emotional and sort of went, and that's when I knew I could do it. I was here going, what? That's such a minor bloody query. And you that mm. was your turnaround moment. That's your idea of, well, not hers, the scriptwriters, of someone's, um, oh, I don't know, what are those moments called where things epiphany. change? That's it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm quite tired. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just thought, oh, what a pathetic example. When I was editing last week, Kerry, I did. There was a bit where we didn't disagree with each other, but I kind of, I think I was talking about Tracy's interview and how I, and basically it took us a while to kind of sort of understand each other when it came to Mm. Tracy screwing up her interview. And I think Mm. some of the subtleties of that, it's the same thing here. Like, I get that Tracy would have been nervous about going and working at the big posh house when she's, you know, she's had a rough time of it and she's been stuck at home looking after the kids and blah, 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 blah. I don't get that Tracy would be so, in, a, in a moment when she's helping someone frozen or suddenly incapable. Mm-hmm. The, that it, like it, she just it just doesn't run true to me she's such a capable woman and maybe maybe i'm too much of a fan maybe it's like emma and uh, russ and all the others joy i just i'm so much of a fan i can't allow myself to just believe the script but it doesn't yeah. ring true for me yeah and also she's quite a breezy person is she she, she would sort of go oh, and, with, and really at ease with people she would you can hear her sort of going oh don't worry i'll sort that out for you you go yeah. and have a whiskey or a beer or not go and have a walk on the terrace it'll be right as rain when I i'll just blow on. on you <laughs> yeah. 
and it'll go in my um, my personnel file. Disciplinary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other the other obvious thing that Kathy said was, "I've bitten my tongue tongue for long enough." Was what she said to Pat. Ah, so I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, we see what you've done there." Kirsty was talking to Tracy. She was quite upset. Kirsty found her sobbing, didn't she? And then Kirsty sort of went, "Yeah, let's go and show our feces." <laughs> We're not the ghost in room 47, Kirsty. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say as your joke. Oh, you you underestimate me, Kerry. <laughs> uh, well, it was quite a shit joke, actually, wasn't it? Literally. Oh. Yeah. We, I think we should have a jingle for Pat Chat with like a, one of those like um, slowed down heavy voices from like radio one in the eighties. One of my favorite podcasts has, they've created a, it's just all jingles now. Cause they create jingles for everything. There's now, it's like jingle inception. There are now jingles for different types, for the different references to the jingles of the jingles. <laughs> um, and more power to them, but <laughs> I don't have the skill to even, to even start on that. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it here. Pop chat. Pop chat. Pop chat. Okay, I'll see if I can find some reverb, <laughs> reverb and some auto tune for that. Uh, so, okay, type that into YouTube for a tutorial in a minute. Um, so, basically, here it is, right? And I'm not talking to you guys. I'm not talking to the listeners. I'm not talking to the actors. I'm talking very specifically to the script editors and to the script writers, right? Don't fucking dangle. Pat being taken away from the archers and then reveal it as a funny little joke five seconds, seconds later. We have feelings. We have to get to sleep at night. We have, you know, we have different stresses in our life that we have to juggle. Do not do that. It is cruel. It is unusual. It's unpleasant. I'm sorry if my anger's coming across. I'm sorry if it's a bit sort of, you know, not particularly relaxing for the listeners, but don't. Yeah. that The thought of her going off to Alaska with, Kathy was so marvellous. And when Kathy said, um, we'll be like Thelma and Louise, and I thought, it's, it's more like Thelma Barlow. <laughs> and I couldn't think of a Louise, so I put Louise Theroux. Oh, okay. That was the best I could do. Yeah, you're right, Peter. Do you know, if I... If, if, if... Peter was in shock there because you said, you're right, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't... Look, if, if, if Pat's going to Archer to be in, you know, in any movie, not Thelma and Louise, I want it to be like Grizzly Man and to be torn to shreds <laughs> by the ursine occupants of the, you know, northwest tip of America. I was willing Kathy to punch her because she said, I've been, I've been lying asleep with my fists clenched as if I want to punch someone. I was like, just f***ing punch Pat now, please. Well, I, I just expected Pat to go, hey, Tony, come here. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Kathy needs you for a second. Also, she said that um, they couldn't do anything now because it would just disrupt their routine if they... I mean, no, no. What was it she was saying that? Oh, this was all about Natasha and Tom leaving, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't about going on holiday no. with, on a road trip with with Kathy. She's because they were moaning so much when Tom and Natasha moved in, and Kathy was pushing Pat's buttons about that, wasn't she? Oh, like you're doing their washing, and now you're doing their ironing. Mm. Uh, yeah, and. She said, well, when they first moved in, I was like, yeah, you were slagging them off. You were right, twat. Yeah, yeah, for like a whole week behind their back. But then we thought it would disrupt the routine. I was like, what is the routine? 
in that house. Wake up, humiliate Tony, breakfast, hide all his trains in a muddy puddle, make, make soup, soup. <laughs> yeah, cock and ball torture, <laughs> and then breathe. She did not like that Kathy had kindly donated April Cottage. I think she thought she was doing them a, a favour, wasn't she, by getting yeah. Tom and Natasha out of their hair. And it's literally just down a lane. A pregnant, a heavily pregnant woman walked it very quickly. That could be up to 20 minutes walk away, which as we oh. know, 20, 20 archers minutes or miles is, you know, maybe several hundred for a normal human being. At least it means Adam won't visit then. <laughs> I don't think they've actually done the maths on this because if um, at 24 weeks, if Natasha's the size of a house, why are they moving into a cottage? <laughs> Our neighbours have twins, and um, they're very young, and the uh, they've got a little boy as well, and uh, they're doing very well. I, I've got to commend them; they they they're coping. But I mean, the first six months, the dad aged something chronic. <laughs> I mean, he you know he's he's bounced back a bit now, but it's like um it's like you know Tony Blair and Barack Obama when you look at before and after pictures of them, mm. you know. It's pretty. It's pretty extreme. The effect it has. So um, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm, I mean, Tom's not built for that, is he? No, uh, I don't think so. I mean, and Kathy's going to rent it, I presume, because she said that she didn't want to cut her ties completely. Yeah, it's a rental, isn't it? Yeah, I like how she... Natasha went. Oh, I like the look of that telly. <laughs> that's yeah. going into storage. No, that's going to a son. Oh, that's right, son. Some of it's going into storage, isn't it? Which, again, when you're going on holiday, would you do that? Mm, I don't know. I suppose I mean, it's for a year. Did, did you think Kathy was going to take the job at any point? No. Just All right, okay. Because like she was... That's the whole thing with her and Roy, wasn't it? Was they were about absolutely about to throw their morals in the bin because mm. they'd just been offered a position. <laughs> it's very easy to be smug after the event, but I bought into the sense that this was Cathy's farewell week quite early. Mm. And yeah. so, yeah, and it was, when, when that happened, the whole kind of negotiation, I was kind of immediately like, you know, so it was all, there was no tension at all. It was even more boring for me than it was for the people who hadn't guessed. What was, how did they sell it to her? What was the job title in the end anyway? I kind of missed. Liaison... Missed... Oh, what was it? Liaison manager or something? Was it? Right. Okay. I mean, I know when Pat asked her, so what's this job? And she said, well, it's to help manage the transition <laughs> to the new format. Oh, sorry, hotel. I know I've petered on quite a lot the last few months and I've petered a bit today. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and be a bit more like you two, a little ray of sunshine. Um, but I was just thinking about, you know, Kathy being liaison and obviously then who would she bring in who would she so obviously she might be have the opportunity to hire people to help her with that as the year as the months go past as the development goes on mm-hmm. and then that reminded me about Tracy just how distraught she sounded about losing her job and how well it was acted uh, of course and just that I really feel like they are they're leaning heavily into it Tracy's going to be going down to a dark dark place isn't she well, it's I. It's one of two options, isn't it? Either that one, or somehow Adil the twat is going to say, "Actually, I've seen how you are with people. You can have the job to Tracy." Do you not think that's gone? Possibly. Where? Who do you think is going to be it? And anyway, what a strange role, really. 
Well, that's what they almost had in Room 120 or whatever, wasn't it? <laughs> a strange role. Oliver could have lied, couldn't he? Yes. He could have said she was selling drugs to kids. <laughs> and that that was odd, wasn't it? We went, oh, I, I didn't remember that. It's like, yeah, but you didn't take that out of her file either, did you? Of course you did remember it. Yeah, as soon as the as soon as Adil waded into view, someone on social media did mention this is going to be a takeover and that dis that blot on her on her file is going to be a problem, which I thought was a was very insightful. But Oliver's lost any clout, hasn't he? Oliver, why isn't he sort of saying, no, I'm not having that. She's been excellent. And that, yes, that was a blot on her copybook. But, you know, this, that and the other. Give him examples of times where she has been great. Why is he being such a wet fart in all of this? And I hated him when he was being very patronising to Tracy, making small talk about, ooh, I expect you're looking forward to the veteran crickets. Geriatric cricket. can't even say it. Geriatric cricket, Oliver. And about Jazza having a new job. It's quite something when your own vocal cords (laughs) rebel against a joke you're trying to crack. Yeah. I know, I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Geriatric Cricket, sponsored by Peter Powell's Platinum Playlist. <laughs> but I think he's he's really not reading the room, is he? No, and Eddie was a voice of reason with that, wasn't he? He kind of, he did sort of try and give, you know, he was kind of sort of saying, oh, eventually people will forgive you. But he wasn't, I mean, he was being un-Eddie-like. He wasn't kind of going, oh, no, it'll be, he wasn't being quite as... Yeah, he said, folk will come round, folk will come round. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Kerry, yeah. But prior to that, Eddie said, I wish you told me what was going on so I could support you. (laughs) Imagine that. That wouldn't happen, would it? Eddie would have probably tried to get in on the whole Adil Shah action if he'd have known he was around. He would have driven him around um, Ambridge in the in the limo, showing him all the things that were there to see. I haven't reacted quite as strongly against Adil as a lot of people have I sort of I can see why he's un- I can see why he's unpopular in the village but I don't know what he's done to us as listeners I and mean, he has he has sort of within a fairly awkward situation he has behaved quite in a reasonably dignified manner I mean I'm not I'm not supporting I'm not a big fan or anything or do you think I'm completely off kilter yes I think he's he liked the Easter bunny for one thing yeah. Okay. That, right. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm getting convinced. I'm getting convinced. Well, he was very excited about. It. He sounds very childish. I don't know. He's very. He's being played very oddly. I think his his delivery is strange. How he's speaking to people who, you know, he's he's all well and good telling Roy off for um, behaving in a certain way in this situation, but I don't believe him to be uh, behaving in a professional manner at all. Yeah. I don't particularly, I'm not saying I like him. I'm not saying I like him. I'm just saying, like, I can't, the idea that he's this kind of, I, do you know who he reminds me of? Do you remember when Charlie first came to the village? And he was sort of played as this rather sort of pompous, officious guy who would sort of, was would always be kind of like, well, this is the way we do it. And this is, we're doing it by the rules. And then gradually they kind of like rounded out the character more yeah. and he became not likable, but just a bit more sort of, uh, mm. Understandable. I sort of that's where I am with him. Okay, but you did just say you don't think he's done anything wrong. Really. Well, n- 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 was, 
I don't I don't think I don't think he's anything right, but he's he's kind of like the he is the don't shoot the messenger. Like he's a he's a he's a man <laughs> doing a job. Like, you know, whoever Oliver Oliver's the one who sold it. Adil Shah didn't decide to, uh, and the time frame he, the only thing he's really done wrong is maybe forcing the time frame. But then he has tried to give oh. people money to sort of um compensate for the hurry. So there's also a messaging failure. Like he didn't tell people as soon as he could, and he maybe the maybe the staying in the hotel was a bit unprofessional. Maybe he should have stayed in where um, you know somewhere else. Maybe it would have been quite fun to have Linda and um, Robert. One thing that worries me in all of this is real um, grey area for me. Does anyone know if Kathy has a decent pension? She said she had multiple. F- Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Over and over (laughs) again. I do remember that. (laughs) I've got a decent pension and a good redundancy. I was like, all right, rub it in. Why don't you? One thing I'm a bit confused about, can you enlighten me on this? Um, I thought there's a staff shortage in hospitality at the moment. There is. Yeah. Don't seem to be saying that. They seem to be saying there's literally nothing and everywhere's closing down and it's going to be hard to find a job. But I thought... Is it just because of their location then? I think yeah, it's it's like do you want to do you want to go and live next to Lake Vernwy or in the you know or in the Peak District or on in Northumberland? Mm. We said that um, one of the character reference for Kathy was um, no Adil was that he quite liked the Easter Bunny. Um, how do we decide how pretty a sheep is? <laughs> are you saying my sheep are ugly? Yeah, I mean, Ed was saying I normally just look at their backsides. I was like, well, if you're getting it on with a sheep, mate, that's normally what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. You're not making eye contact, are you? <laughs> I know, they were literally like, look at the arse on that. Yeah. Oh, loads of uh, meat. And, and I, yeah, I was a bit confused. But, you know, he was very, um, Eddie was being very literal, wasn't he? He was like, come on, you. <laughs> <laughs> come on, lamb. Oh, look what you've done, look what you've done, Kerry. You've you've opened up the um, lamb gang okay. box. The lamb box. Yeah, do you know what? So, talking of lamb, like I enjoy Often doing do. all the bloody time. I went to Blacklock Chops last night in Shoreditch uh-huh. and had an all in, which is basically a <laughs> that doesn't happen in a private back room, by the way. It but it's I shared with another person. This heap of various chops and cuts of meat. I feel like seductive saxophone music should be playing <laughs> as you're describing this. Let me let me look them up, uh, Matthew. Oh yeah, they're shut for the next week. Apparently, they're stock keeping. I think I need a cow mattress. To be honest with you, at this point. Imagine the stress, Peter, of the chef in that kitchen last night when Kerry was there. If you thought Ian last week, like, where are my dolphin wars? He's like, where are, where are my seven lambs? Come on. <laughs> She's ravenous. He's dealt with the surprise uh, the surprise visit from Gordon Ramsay. Um, you know, that, that time that the Duke of Westminster turned up with in a moment's notice he dealt with. But when La Warbis appeared, you know, with, with, do you have your own equivalent, like Alan's big plate, Kerry's big plate? Inches dried. <laughs> oh, it was glorious. I'll share photos with you afterwards. And anyone else who wishes to see the pile of meat. It's not even a joke because we do share pictures of um, but, uh, meat counters when we go to the butchers. So <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. Um, 
guys, we've got an advert now. Um, and then Matthew, a big announcement. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Matthew, uh, please take it away. Well, guys, yeah. I mean, I wish I could be with both of you when I made this announcement. <laughs> I can't be. And uh, it's just to say that... Um, I got a lovely message on our Instagram from Kate. Oh, she lives in Australia. And yeah, I'm going to read it to you. It says, hi, Matthew. I'm not going to read it in, in its entirety, Kate. Don't worry. You're not going to upset anyone. Hi, Matthew. Mega Archers fan Kate from Australia here. I've listened to every episode of your show from the beginning and only the last three weeks in real time. Love your work, all three of you. So she's gone right back through and listened from the beginning. That's dedication, isn't it? Yeah. This is the bit I really like. I lived in the UK for two and a half years in the early 90s and, and was a devoted omnibus listener. I was so sad to leave the archers behind when I came home. But then the joys of the digital age arrived and I was happy and I was back to happy years. I know how that feels because I lost complete contact with the archers when I moved to Australia in the early aughts. Uh, back in 1951 when the show began my great grandmother who died over a decade before I was born was a devoted fan the love of the archers skipped two generations but now I feel this bond with great granny especially when I hear Peggy across all those years and half a world away we're listening to the same actress in the show in the same show which is wild and then she said I'm going to leave you with some photos from Australia keep up the good work I love it cheers Kate isn't that lovely huh yes how marvellous and then she sent me some photos of a brand of eggs with this guy's smiley face all over the box. And they're called Josh's eggs. <laughs> and you can, you can choose between Josh's ethical eggs or I'm re- if I'm reading this right, Josh's rainbow eggs. Rainbow eggs was something totally different when I was in my 20s. <laughs> that, was, that was something we used to get in for the weekend. And then she sent photos of a farm called Brookfield, which she passed as well. Um, there is a little footnote to this story because mm. I was reading this in the morning when I was barely out of bed and I accidentally hit video call to Kate. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And then Did freaked you? and then stopped and then canceled the call. And it's then sent the most a message convoluted to- way of getting out of a me too moment. I, I know. I know. And then I said oh, to her, like, I sent her a message saying, I did not mean to call you. And then she, <laughs> she wrote something back saying, yeah, that's absolutely fine. You can call, you can call your, uh, your archer's correspondent in Australia anytime. And then she video called me by mistake <laughs> and then sent apology going, oh my God, I just hit that by mistake. What have I done? So like, 
that's that's heroic. I'm loving this. Yes, yeah, great. Love you, Kate. I'm going to share those photos up on our social media as well. I asked her, and she Brilliant. said it's fine. I believe so, she she does follow us on Twitter as well. I think, and yes. we follow her too. So thank you so much. Yeah. So anyway, our the Instagram and uh, for that is at the Cider Shed Pod, and you can find us on Facebook, which is ever growing. Um, and someone really liked your description and empathy with Tracy going around the supermarket on a budget um, last week. They said they really kind of, you know, that kind of struck a chord with them. They mm-hmm. could tell that, you you know, that meant Yeah, something. and now she's like Prince Andrew with her stories of eating chops <laughs> yeah. in Soho. Eating piles <laughs> of chops in Shoreditch. Thank you very much. If I got that all mangled, our um, Facebook group is The Cider Shed Podcast. That's where you find us. Oh, that's so nice of you to share that. Matthew, honestly, really enjoyed it. Cool, yeah, we don't do enough of that, do we? We don't, yeah. Um, Twitter is at the Cider Shed Pod, and we have 2,124 followers and and increasing all the time. And we've recently had some amazing reviews. Please go and look at our reviews. They're hilarious. The last three or four. Thank you so much to those contributors, because we don't know precisely who you are. But they're hugely appreciated. We share them on WhatsApp between our little group of, of the three of us. And uh, it honestly means so much when people properly get us, I think. Yes, there was one today. There's one today in particular that if I could have gone back in time a year and a half or however long ago it was, a year and a bit to Matthew and Kerry when we were first talking about it, it would have been a synopsis for why we do the show. And um, And just, yeah trying to not take it too seriously but still be passionate i think is is what it's all about is that what you do in your sex life pete <laughs> right, but stop laughing charlotte stop <laughs> laughing come on let's take this seriously yeah uh, <laughs> uh, a pretty good place to end i think <laughs> yeah, yeah why not and if you but if you want to know about peter's sex life it's hello at the cidershed.com is the email uh, well, you know, there's a whole big chunk of the dark web to, where you can find it always. So there's all the pictures, videos, pictures, the whole lot. Kabuki, kabuki masks, shadow puppets, everything. Um, so thanks, everyone. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Do you think Kira's going to have a breakdown? I've just remembered. Anyway, bye. See you. Bye. <laughs> Hang on.